All right, welcome to the Statesman Journal's Explore Oregon podcast. I'm your host, Zach Ernest, and in each episode, we highlight Oregon's most beautiful and interesting places. This podcast is brought to you by the American Forest Resource Council, supporting responsible forestry on public lands throughout the Pacific Northwest. Learn more at amforest.org. We're also supported by Visit Tillamook Coast, a land of ocean and forest just an hour from the Willamette Valley that is focusing this summer on the best way to care for its forest, beaches, and waterways through a promotion that emphasizes cleaning up and leaving no trace. We'll dive into how they do that just a little bit later in the show. Finally, the Oregon Parks and Recreation Department encourages Oregonians to enjoy parks safely this summer. If you're camping, please follow campfire safety guidelines such as keeping the flames from your fire to no more than two feet in height and using the fire ring provided at your campsite. And please use local wood to avoid bringing invasive insects into parks. This will help preserve the health of Oregon's forests for seasons to come. Learn more about campfire guidelines, including current restrictions at stateparks.oregon.gov. All right, in today's episode, our intern Abby is going to take us to some ghost towns, a historic mining festival, and to some beautiful mountain hikes just outside of Cottage Grove. But first, here's some guitar music to get us rolling. All right, well, in this episode, we are going to spend some time in the Bohemia Mountain area just outside of Cottage Grove. We're going to hike some tall mountains, visit a Mining Days festival, and check out a bunch of other cool stuff like campsites and guard stations, all kinds of cool stuff. Our guide to this area is our excellent outdoors intern, Abigail Landwehr, and she joins us now. Hey, Abby. Hey, Zach. How's it going? It's going good. All right, so you went and traveled to a festival. You explored some ghost towns. You hiked Bohemia Mountain. So we're going to talk about the festival itself and hear from the people who run it because it's just kind of a, it's a really cool idea that you came up with to go down and cover that. But can you kind of start by explaining where Bohemia Mountain is? I mean, until you mentioned it to me, I'd never heard of it. And I've heard of most mountains in Oregon. I'd never heard of Bohemia Mountain. So what, what are we doing here? Okay, well, I will tell you how to get there first. So from Cottage Grove, you take Roe River Road for about 20 miles. You'll hit the Umpqua National Forest and also Bohemia Mountain. And then if you stay on that stretch, you'll see a lot of different opportunities for camping and hiking pretty close to the base of the mountain. But if you want to get to the top where I was, you can either take the Sharps Creek Way or National Forest Road 2212. And that area up there is the Bohemia Mining District. And oh man, I really have to emphasize how beautiful up there it was. It's kind of like this constant sea of trees and you get a lot of opportunities to catch views overlooking the valleys and peaks. And I will say the road to get up to the mining district can be rough on low clearance cars, but my little car did make it the whole way. And with the views you get throughout the entire drive, it was definitely worth it. And obviously there's a lot of history in the mountains, but it's a really great area for hiking, camping, and even swimming. There's actually a few trails you're able to take where you can see the remains of one of the old mining towns too. And I'll talk about that just a little bit more later. Okay, so we're gonna come back to the recreation because I'm excited about that. I haven't explored this area. I'm feeling a little bit jealous, but I'm gonna get over it as we do this podcast. And, but the reason, the primary reason that you headed out there um, wasn't necessarily 
to hike. That was kind of like a, a bonus. You were out there checking out the Bohemia Mining Days celebration. So again, for those of us who haven't been, what's going on here? What is this? Yeah, so Bohemia Mining Days is how Cottage Grove keeps the history of the mining district alive. And it's an annual town-wide celebration every third weekend in July. It's about three days long and it features multiple parades, a mustache and beard competition, and a pie-baking competition. There's also a bunch of booths and entertainment at one of the parks. And while I was over there in that area, I also got the chance to interview the first female deputy of the festival. And whatever you're imagining, that's probably pretty accurate because there was a hat and a badge. Anyway, here's Christina Hester talking about the celebration. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. So Bohemian Mining Days, this is our 64th annual Bohemian Mining Days. Uh, it celebrates a lot of things, but one of the things that we're most proud of is uh, how Cottage Grove became a town. And a lot of people came here for gold mining and silver mining. So the Bohemian Mining Day celebration is a really a, a callback to a time where you had to sort of scrape it together to get by. Uh, and it celebrates a lot of doers and dreamers and innovators in our community and uh, we're proud to honor them with our festival. We also today did the uh, third annual running of the Orkhart races, my very favorite of all of the events at Bohemia Mining Days. A bunch of very brave humans jump into metal boxes and race down 10th Street <laughs> and uh, they're nuts and it's amazing and it's so fun to watch. One of the things that I think that so many people um, who are local sometimes forget is that it is so special to have a hometown festival. There are so many towns that don't have that. We can start to take, start to take it for granted and that helps bring communities together, realizing that you have more in common than you think. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to be here next year? That's my hope. That's my hope. Uh, I don't have any plans to, to move away, so I hope I can be here next year. Okay, well, that's that sounds like a lot of fun. Did you compete in any of the competitions? That's my first question. I did not get the chance to compete in any of the competitions. I did get to watch the pie baking competition, and all of the entries looked pretty good. So I was a little jealous that I didn't get the chance to actually partake in any of the celebrations. <laughs> right. Well, what's the what's the history of this area? And I mean, Bohemia, That's that's a cool name that conjures up a lot of different ideas and, and images, but how did this specific area get its name? It started pretty simply with this guy named James Bohemia Johnson. He found gold in 1863, and he found gold-bearing ore while he was dressing out a deer in the headwaters of City Creek. And right away, he filed 12 mining claims in the area, which started the local gold rush. His nickname, Bohemia, is also shared with the Bohemia Mountain and the Mining District. And about 100 more miners showed up from 1864 to 1880. But then interest really dropped off after a lot of unsuccessful excavations. And then that didn't last long because about a decade later, James Music established the Music Mines, which are just feet away from Bohemia City. And the town saw three runs of its own. So first in 1891 until 1906, then again in 1912, and finally from 1935 to 1936. And it really was a number of things that caused Bohemia City to become a ghost town. The leading cause was an increase in the cost of producing gold while the price it sold for stayed the same. The miners from the area were telling me that the snow up there can get up to 20 feet. So after the town was abandoned for the third and final time, buildings started to collapse beneath the weight of the snow in the winter. Now, the only standing building visible from the road is the rundown post office slash general store. 
Okay, so you've got a rundown post office and general store that's still left, but during its glory days, I mean, do you have a, a sense for what it looked like? Yeah, so the area itself was a mining camp, and also with the post office slash general store, there was a two-story hotel and a bunch of other areas where the miners could stay. It was a really busy area, regardless of getting abandoned about three times, but the area itself now is pretty much just the scraps of what it used to be. Like I said, there's only one standing building, and that's the result of mostly just years of being buried underneath the snow, and also people vandalizing that area as well. Okay, so is the area still actively mined? Like, there are, are there still people out there searching for gold in them there hills? So what's left of Bohemia City is on private property, and a few of the mines are still active. But even if they aren't and have been sealed or blasted shut, there's still someone who owns that claim. And of course, the U.S. Forest Service asked that visitors stay off private land. But weirdly enough, all night, the group I met with at the saddle had been telling me about this guy, Richard Secord, and his mines in the area. Later, when I got to the Bohemia Gold Mining Museum, all the other volunteers immediately pointed me towards Richard, which was the same miner I kept hearing stories about. He and his wife are also volunteers at the museum, which I would absolutely recommend checking out if you're curious about the mining history. Anyway, here's my conversation with Richard about the mountain and his claim. The Evening Star is the back half of the champion. And that's for sale. It's to, me and Dad worked it for 15, 16 years, and it's just too much work. It's too big. And Dad passed away a few years ago. So we bought one down lower, everything there, and we're more or less, I'll do a little bit of rock mining, but mainly uh, we're trying to preserve it for history. It's old. We don't want to lose it. Right. Tie it in with the museum for historical tours. It wouldn't be tours for Joe Blow and everybody else. It'd just be like geologists like it. They don't really get a chance to go underground much. And then historians, because the old cabin, the one cabin was built in 1904, three, somewhere back there. And uh, it's just like stepping back in time. You had also mentioned this earlier. Like you said, people would mess with the cart down there. They would put things in it. They would take things out. Can you talk about the importance of leaving things the way you found it or like not messing with people's property, that sort of thing? Well, like the old old time we used to say, if it isn't yours, leave it alone. It's that simple. Yeah. You know, I, I told you the, the, the urban explorers, I used to get mad at them. But then it dawned on me, they got the same mindset I got. I want to see what's in there. Learn how to do it safely. I don't want to have to go drag some poor smuck out of a tunnel. And wait, wait a minute, that was me years ago. Jeez, it's our history. We're slowly moving stuff down here and getting it in places and stockpiling it. It's our history. Right. Yeah. And we got Bigfoot on our claim too. Is that true? No. <laughs> I'm Sarah Gafori with American Forest Resource Council, and we're proud to sponsor the Explore Oregon podcast. I moved to Oregon because of my love for the outdoors. It also inspired me to go to law school and pursue a career in environmental law. At AFRC, I have the pleasure of advocating for science-based forest management throughout the West. Protecting our public lands helps achieve important conservation goals, including clean air, clean water, and robust wildlife habitat. It also helps provide renewable, climate-friendly wood products that we all depend on. We strongly believe that active management of our public lands is the right thing to do for the environment, for the economy, and for our future. Learn more about AFRC at amforest.org.
This message is brought to you by Visit Tillamook Coast. On the Tillamook Coast, we've cared for our forests, farmlands, beaches, and waterways for generations. It's in our DNA, and we bet it's in yours too. While visiting, help us care for our coast. Place trash in garbage cans, pick up after your pet, stay on trails, respect private property, and follow beach fire rules, which means extinguishing fires with water while also checking local rules to avoid igniting wildfires. Tillamook Coast welcomes your visit, and we hope that you'll become a temporary local while here. A few ways to do that include pitching in on a beach cleanup or taking a guided kayak tour to hear about ways to protect bays and rivers. There are science hikes to take, nature preserves and marine reserves to explore, or you can visit a farm, a commercial fishing dock, or even stop by a fish hatchery. Find out about all these options and how to care for our coast at tillamookcoast.com slash caringforourcoast. Once again, it's tillamookcoast.com slash caringforourcoast. Okay, so we've talked about the festival, we've talked about a little bit of the history, but if you want to go out there right now, what does recreation in the area look like? Like, what can you do out there? Yeah, I mean, if you like hiking, there is a ton in this area. I mentioned earlier there are a few trails where you can see the remains of Bohemia City. So the first one is Bohemia Mountain Trail number 1440, and it's a pretty short round-trip hike. It's about 2.5 miles that takes you above the ghost town. And when you make it to the peak, you get a really great view of the Cascade Range. And then the second hike was actually recommended to me by the other miners in the area. You're going to need a higher clearance vehicle or just be more willing to walk further. But the Fairview Peak Lookout will give you a bird's eye view of Bohemia City and also of the entire Bohemia Mountain across the way. There's a 53 foot tall lookout tower, which is actually available to stay the night in in early spring or late fall for about $50 per night per group. The tower itself is actually used as an active fire lookout in the summer, and it's close to visitors, but one of the groups I met has an annual tradition where they head up to the lookout and they watch the sunset during Bohemian mining days. And I didn't get a chance to go up myself, but from the photos that they showed me, that's a view that you really don't want to miss. And obviously, that's not the only thing to do around the mountain, too. A lot of the roads are popular with off-roaders and razors. And for those who don't know, a razor is a side-by-side. -side. It's just an off-roading vehicle with two seats next to each other, sort of similar to a UTV or an ATV. And while I was down on one of the mining roads, two razors actually offered me a ride back to my car. Uh, the trio was from Eugene, and the driver let me interview her during part of the <laughs> ride. So uh, here's a quick part of that conversation. I'll preface it with, I hitched a ride. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so to start, can you first introduce yourself? Yes, my name is Keisha Hunter from Eugene, Oregon. Okay, so can you tell me a little bit about what you were doing out here? So I literally randomly had the day off and asked one of my Razor friends if he wanted to hit the Bohemian Mine Trails, uh, which also is known as the Noonday Trails. And so this was our first time here and it's been amazing. This is actually like a really good trail for side-by-sides too. It's super fun. There and then we did like the difficult trail at the noonday. We didn't even know we did the difficult trail, and it was way steep, big rocks. But I'm proud of my little machine. Are you planning on coming back over here later? Oh my gosh, not not today. Not today. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, we were just talking about how we'd like to come because apparently this area does tours, 
um, where you can tour with them and they'll show you all of the areas. Um, and there's apparently a couple structures that you can rent out, which would be awesome. All right, well, thank you so much. My I pleasure. appreciate the ride. Yeah. No, I'm glad we could do that for you. <laughs> Okay, so if you're going to camp down there, and that sounds like a pretty good deal because I, I, I've heard that there's some pretty good swimming holes in that area as well. So if you're going to camp there, either for the, for the festival or just to have a good time, um, maybe go swimming, what are your options for camping and why do it? Like what makes this area worth camping in and, you know, what, what you got? There's actually quite a few options to camp down there. So along Bryce Creek Road, which was the road I originally told you to take, there's the Cedar Creek Campground, Lund Park Campground, and Hobo Camp Campground. And actually, all three of those campsites have access to Bryce Creek Trail number 1403. And that's a 5.7-mile hike that follows the creek through a small canyon. And along the way, there's also a lot of different pools and opportunities to get in the water, which makes it pretty popular in the summer. There's also Mineral Camp Campground and Sharps Creek Recreational Area. There's also a swimming hole right across from the Sharps Creek site. And there's a large ledge where a waterfall used to be and swimmers can jump off the pool into it. In that area itself, there's a really shallow part of the water, which is sort of like a natural kiddie pool, which I think is pretty cool too. And I was hoping just to find an open spot up there, but they were completely all full. So I decided to try my luck at Bohemia Saddle, where they allow dispersed camping. And I hiked down into the corner of the park and I accidentally found the group that hosts the annual miners breakfast. And they were really, really nice. And they let me set up camp near them. And so then after that, they also showed me a little around the area. And then this is the next morning. Here's my conversation with Bruce McDonald. He's the president of the Cottage Grove Prospectors and Gold Diggers. And he's been coming up to the mountain for the past seven decades. So you told me that you've been coming up here since you were a boy. Yes, I used to come up with my father. He was connected with a couple people that had small mines, and I was just a little guy, probably six, eight years old, and had lots of fun and kind of followed him around. And then, I mean, you're still here today, so obviously you love these mountains. I do. This is, this is just like a second home. And then I got involved with the prospectors 30 years ago, We've been putting this breakfast on since 1964. We've had as many as 1,102 people from 6 in the morning till 2 in the afternoon, one day. We have 190 dozen eggs, 12 to 14 pound hams, 6 cases of pancake mix, 6 cases of syrup, 120 cans of OJ concentrate to make orange juice. We bring up 9 pounds of coffee. We have a lot of support from Cottage Grove. It's just a lot of people, they live for this. They live for this. And sometimes, maybe tomorrow, there may be an hour and a half wait before you get your breakfast. And it's quite a journey. It's 38 miles. Probably over half of that's gravel. Some of it's really rough. But there's not many complaints. It, it's just a good thing. So can you tell me a little bit about some of the people that come up here to help every year? They come up here on their own four-wheel drives or whatever and lots of weekends. They're just up here driving around enjoying the beauty. There's probably no other place in the state of Oregon that's more pristine, big trees, look up at a big mountain and at 5,300 feet in elevation. It's, it's amazing. Uh, we just keep it cleaned up because we want other people to enjoy it as we see it as we're sitting here today. It's nice. There's 
all kinds of trees there's a little grassy area that right down in front of where we're sitting now and it's a nice place i'll stop at that all right abby so how would you sum up this area in the festival like what kind of person would have fun going down there either for the festival or just to poke around okay if you are a history nerd like i am you are going to have a great time the Bohemia Gold Mining Museum is really worth a visit. I think I said that earlier, but it's worth reiterating because it's actually inside a big red building that used to be the town square dance barn. And I think that in itself is really cool. And honestly, if you're not much into history, but if you like a good parade and cool booths, you would really enjoy the festival too. The organizers take care to set up a lot of kid-friendly activities. And I think camping in the mountain, hiking up there, swimming up there, and then coming down for the events, that would make a pretty good family weekend trip. And also, like, how often do you get the chance to watch people race in ore carts? All right, well, that's about all the time we have left in today's show. If you liked what you've heard, check out our catalog of more than 60 episodes featuring Oregon's most beautiful and interesting places at statesmanjournal.com explore, along with Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. We'd once again like to thank our sponsors, beginning with the American Forest Resources Council. AFRC supports responsible forestry on public lands throughout the Pacific Northwest for our environment, for our economy, and for the future. Learn more at amforests.org. We'd also like to thank Visit Tillamook Coast. If you want to plan a trip out there, you can check out their outdoor recreation map that shows all the places to hike, swim, boat, and camp. You can find that map at tillamookcoast.com slash recreation hyphen map. Once again, that's tillamookcoast.com slash recreation hyphen map. And thanks to the Oregon Parks and Recreation Department, which stresses the importance of recreating responsibly and leaving no trace in Oregon's outdoors. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time for the next edition of the Explore Oregon podcast.